Amen. You guys can have a seat. Yeah. Hey, amen. Um, before we jump into 1 John chapter 4 today, we just want to remind you about our Christmas Eve services here at the chapel. I know it's not even Thanksgiving yet, but we want to plan ahead. And so we want to invite you guys. If you weren't here last week, we announced our times. And so here in Port Clinton, we're going to be meeting on Wednesday, December 23rd at 6 p.m. We're having a service. And so that is um, for those of you who have to travel on Christmas Eve and, and stuff like that. And so um, that's for you. And then also here in Port Clinton, we're going to do a 2 p.m., a 3.30, and a 5 p.m. And so those are offered on Christmas Eve. And of course, we're going to have a live broadcast at 3.30. And that's going to be available the rest of the night from 3.30 on. And so if you want to stay home and watch it with your family, that's great. Um, we are asking that you would pre-register uh, so that we know how full each service is going to be. And if we do fill up all four services, we're going to add more uh, services, all right? And so that's why we kind of need to know uh, who's coming and when. And so the number's there. If you have any questions, or you can fill out a Connect card, and we can contact you and get you all figured out. Anyways, if you haven't been with us, or if maybe you have, we've been going through the book of 1 John, and uh, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 4 today, and so if you have a Bible, you can turn there, or it's going to be on the screens. And I don't know about you, but this entire series has caused me truly to ask some questions about my own spiritual journey. Uh, according to 1 John chapter 1, it made me ask, am I living in the light? John takes a moment to contrast the darkness and the light. It made me think, am I living in the light as God wants me to live in the light? First John chapter 2 made me ask, do I love the world or do I love God? That's a great question to ask yourself. And then last week, First John chapter 3, how am I loving others? What's my motivation? What are my actions? What is it saying about who I belong to? And in 1 John chapter 4 today, John continues to ask those pertinent questions in our lives. It causes us to truly look at uh, certain things that maybe we're not thinking about. And so today, we're going to be asking this question. Who should we believe when it comes to what we are being taught spiritually? Have you ever asked that question with our culture today, internet, the radio, TV, all that stuff, there are voices upon voices upon voices uh, of what to believe, why to believe it, who's right, who's wrong. Not only is that in our church, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, but that's really in just everything of life. Anywhere you turn, there's some expert that's trying to tell you some truth about a certain topic. And so every day, I don't know about you, every day we go through life, we have to ask those questions. Who do we believe? Who's right? Who's wrong? And why should we believe them in life? And it's no different when it comes to our spiritual lives and the church. We are continually faced with this question, who should we believe when we are taught spiritually? Who's right when they're standing in front of us or we're watching a video on YouTube or we're reading something on Facebook, whatever it may be, who's right and who's wrong? And so we're faced with this idea that we need to test those who are teaching us. And not only that, we also need to test 
ourselves. And that's exactly what John's going to do today. He's going to give us a, just a very stern warning as Christians, but then he's going to follow that by a spiritual test of how to test the teachers, and then ultimately he's going to say, and you also have to test yourself. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Let's read it in 1 John 4, verses 1 through 6. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God, which is implying that there's other spirits that don't come from God. For there are many false prophets in this world. This is how we know that they have the Spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Notice the difference of the capital S and their lowercase s, different spirits. Those people belong to the world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint and the world listens to them, but we belong to God and those who know God listen to us. If they do not belong to the God, they do not listen to us. That is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. So we saw in there a warning. We saw in there a test of how to test the teachers, and we saw in there a test of how to test ourselves. But the main point that, that John wants us to understand is that there is this spirit of truth, and there's a spirit of deception, and they are always going to be waging war against one another when there is truth readily available to us. And so first thing we have to understand is that this warning to God's people, the church, is not new. This is something that John just didn't say, oh, my word, I have to warn them. No, it actually goes all the way back to Deuteronomy 13, verses 1 through 3, where Israel is walking with Moses, and all of a sudden God says, hey, listen, uh, you need to watch out for false prophets who are trying to get you to worship other gods. And then later in Matthew 7, verse 15, Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. Kind of reminds you a little bit of uh, Little Red Riding Hood, right? Where there are people who claim to speak truth, but yet they're actually speaking deception. And they're just cloaking themselves as speaking truth. Jesus says, Beware of them. 1 Thessalonians 5.21, Paul goes on to tell that church, test, test the spirits, test everything that is said, and hold on to what is good, which is, which is saying to then let go of what's not good. And then 2 Corinthians 11.14 says that even Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light, and so it's no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of light. You see, this shows us that throughout the history of God's people, there has been the spirit of truth that has been given to them. But on the heels of the, the spirit of truth follows the spirit of deception. 
and for one purpose, and that's to devour and to destroy the people of God. This isn't new. This is still here today, and it's still very prevalent in our culture. There are people who try to get us to worship other gods. It may sound good, but in reality, they're trying to steer us away from Jesus. There are wolves in sheep's clothing in the midst of churches who want to destroy who we are and are only there for their own gain. There are people in which teach and say things all across every platform that we need to make sure that we test them. Because let me tell you, Satan himself disguises him as an angel of light. There are going to be people who are disguised as angels of light who are trying to teach us and to lead us into spiritual destruction. And so we have to be warned that this is real, that this is present. And here's the warning. 1 John 4, verse 1. He says, dear friends, and I love that because he's, he's calling us his friends, which friends care about each other. Friends care about each other, and they also say the truth, grace and truth, right? And so he's saying, listen, friends, because I love you, you need to understand, don't believe every, everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit, to claim to speak by the Spirit of God, because not everybody has the Spirit of God in them. You see, what he wants us to, to really focus on is that we cannot be spiritually gullible. We cannot be spiritually gullible. Have you ever had an instance in life where you were very gullible? I was, I'm a very positive person, and I, I love to trust people no matter what. And uh, throughout my life, there were so many times where I was just believing people, and yet they were just laughing behind my back because I was so gullible. It doesn't feel good. And yet here we have spiritual truths being taught to us. And John is saying, listen, you cannot fall into the trap of spiritual gullibility because that is going to hinder and stunt our spiritual growth. You see, I love what John Stott says. He says, simple souls, like myself, are so impressed by inspired manifestations as to be dazzled by them. I love that word dazzled. Do you have any speakers that you're just dazzled by that you watch online? Do you have any speakers that you're just like, man, I, I just love the way they speak? Or how often have you been at a motivational, like a motivational speaker will speak? They're just so, you're just dazzled by them and you want to believe them. You want to take in everything they are saying to you because of the way they speak. You see, in our culture, people are dazzled by those types of speakers. But we can't fall into the trap simply because of an inspired manifestation simply because they sound good or they look good or anything like that. We have to test the teacher. We have the responsibility, each one of us individually, to test the teachers who are teaching us. And we also have that as the church as well together. And so how do we test the teacher? How, we, we already read it. How do we test the teacher in our lives? This is how we know if they have the Spirit of God. So he's saying, here, listen, uh, don't believe everybody that comes to you. Don't be spiritually gullible. Here's how you test the teacher. He says, if a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the Spirit of God. So we know from this verse who is from God, or a teacher who's teaching from the word 
of God if they acknowledge two things. First, if they acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ. Did you catch it in there? If a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ, listen, Christ is not Jesus' last name, all right? It's not his last name. It actually means something. The word Christ means anointed one or chosen one. And in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, Hebrew, it means Messiah. We actually sang that this morning, Jesus Messiah. You were singing Jesus Christ. That's what you were saying. And so if a teacher is not acknowledging that Jesus is the Christ or Jesus is the Messiah, or at least pointing us toward that truth or reality, then they're probably not from God. They're probably a false prophet, a false teacher in our lives. And it's very detrimental to our faith if they don't claim that Jesus is the Christ because if someone doesn't acknowledge that truth, they're denying three very important things. First, they're denying that Jesus is the center of history. They're denying that everything before Jesus pointed to him and everything from Jesus on refers back to him, that Jesus is the center of history. Next, they're denying that Jesus is the fulfillment of all of God's promises. I don't know if you've ever taken the time to read the Old Testament, but the Old Testament has promise after promise after promise in it of the Messiah. And guess what? Jesus is the one that fulfills all all of those promises. And so if you don't claim or if someone doesn't claim that Jesus is the Christ, they're denying that he is the fulfillment of everything God has told us in the Old Testament. And then on that, they're also denying the kingship of Jesus. Jesus didn't come just to be a sacrifice. He also came to rule and reign in our hearts and in the kingdom of God. He didn't come just to be the lamb. He also came to be our king, our leader, the one we look to, the one we follow, the one we obey. So many people, so many times people want to separate those two. They just want the savior without the king. You can't do that. You have you have to see him as our king. And so that's the first way. If someone's denying that Jesus is the Christ, they're probably not from God, all right? Second, well, they're not from God. I said probably they're not, John would say. Second, we know that someone is a true teacher if they acknowledge that Jesus came in the flesh. That Jesus came in the flesh, or as it said, Jesus came in a real body. Uh, This is really important in John's time because there was a group of people called the Gnostics. And the Gnostics would kind of infiltrate, they were kind of in their culture, and they would infiltrate the church, and the Gnostics declined to believe in the incarnation, which the incarnation is the fact that Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but yet made himself in human form. It's called the incarnation. We celebrate it at Christmas, right? Jesus, the baby, the incarnation. Christ came into this world. If someone doesn't acknowledge that Jesus came in the flesh, they are not from God. And when someone doesn't acknowledge this truth, they're denying at least two things. First, that Jesus is our Savior. This is huge, isn't it? 
This is huge. We talk all the time about how Jesus is our Savior. So if you deny that Jesus is fully God and fully man, and he came to live in this world and be one of us, then you are denying the fact that he could even be our Savior. Because when Jesus took on human form, he identified with us in every way possible except for sin. Except for sin. And when he did that, he lived the perfect life that no one could ever do. When he did that, he created a way back to the Father. He created a way for us to have a relationship with God. That's why he said that I am I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That's why he said no one comes to the Father except through me. If we don't acknowledge that Jesus came in the flesh, we're denying that Jesus could even be our Savior. And second, we're denying our communion with God. Our communion with God. Many people kind of view our union or communion with God to be in the next life, but that's not true. It starts here in the now. When we accept Christ as our Savior, when we believe that he came in the flesh, that when we believe in his life and in his death and his, in his resurrection, he, he unifies us with God. We have union with God. We have communion with God now, even while we're still sinners. And then we're also going to have union with God in the next life, in eternal life. And so if a teacher, someone who claims to speak from the spirit of truth, is not pointing us toward or leading us to Jesus, we have to be skeptical of them. We have to test them. We have to be skeptical of who they are. You see, in John's time, a lot of people couldn't imagine a life of without worshiping a God. And so they would try to get people to worship other gods. But in our culture, we've gone so far to say that we are so awesome that we don't need a God anymore. Right? And so if you really think about it, I want you to think about some, some teachers or people you've heard before. So often do we have teachers in our cultures, they're not leading us to other gods. They're leading us to ourselves. They're creating us as the God. And if you don't know what this term is, there's so many teachers that are leading us to something called selfism. And this is the concentration or the worship of self-interest. Think about that. There are people who will stand on stages just like this week after week after week who will do one thing. They'll sprinkle in different good phrases so that people don't notice. But what they're doing is they want you to worship your own self-interest. So they're making it all about you and me. We have to test the teachers. We have to make sure that they are pointing us to the reality and the truth of Jesus Christ. That should be the crux, the crux of every message that you hear. Pointed to the reality and the truth of Jesus. And when we're pointed to that truth, then that permeates to us. But it has to filter through in that way. And so we have to test the teacher. But we also have the responsibility to test ourselves. Look what John says in, in verses 4 and 5. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Those people belong to the world. So they speak from the world's viewpoint, 
and the world listens to them. I love how he just completely says, you and those people, you and those people. It's just two, just kind of like he says, light and dark and love and hate. It's you and those people. Verse 4 begins with, but you belong to God. Verse 5 begins with, those people belong to the world. And so this makes us ask the question, who do we belong to? Who do you belong to? Do you belong to God or do you belong to the world? Very important to ask, question to ask yourself in this life. And so how do we know if we belong to God or the world? First, we know we belong to God according to 1 John 3.23. This is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. So how do we know if we belong to God? Well, because when we believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, guess what God does? He gives us his spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us. And when the spirit dwells in us, guess what? One of the roles of the spirit is he seals us into God's family. And so God looks at you and me, those who belong to God, and he says, listen, you're mine now. You belong to me because of your belief in Jesus as the Christ, Jesus that has come in the flesh. And so you have to ask the question, do you believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ? Do you believe in the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus? Or do you belong to the world? John, 1 John 4, 5, those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint, and the world listens to them. John's basically saying that those people who belong to the world are going to speak and listen to from the world's viewpoint. They're going to believe the world's viewpoint. They're going to follow the world's viewpoint. So if I'm ever up here speaking and it sounds exactly like you're hearing outside of these walls, you need to test what I'm saying. What's said up here, what's said down there, what's said in your conversations at home if they sound exactly like the world, you need to test the teacher. You need to test the teacher. It's really interesting because if you noticed, who we believe truly shows to whom we belong. If you believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, you receive the spirit and now you belong to God. But if you believe the world and its viewpoints, then most likely you belong to the world. And so who we believe reveals to whom we belong. These are very important questions to ask yourselves. These are things to think about as believers. We can't just prance around in life believing everybody who comes in front of us. Even if they sound good, even if they speak well, you have to test the teacher. You have that responsibility. Who we believe and who we belong to makes all the difference in this life and the next. It's imperative that we all step up and take that responsibility. That we all step up and make sure that who we are listening to, who we're allowing to speak into our lives, are pointing us toward the reality and the truth of Jesus. Because without that, 
There's nothing. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this passage that just kind of hits us right in the face. God, this passage that just kind of uh, works in our hearts in such a way for, for us to question. Man, who do we belong to? Who, who am I listening to? Who am I believing in? God, I pray that you would give us all the discernment and the wisdom we need in our individual lives. I pray that you would give us the unity as a church to come together to know who are we listening to, what are we reading, God, what are we putting into our hearts. God, we ask that you would lead us to your truth, the reality of your son, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.